I hear is bum 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 Welcome to the Invincible Podcast, probably the best superhero podcast in the universe. This is a show where friends get to sit around and talk all things Invincible, a comic book by Robert Kirkman, Corey Walker, and Ryan Otley. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan, and joining me is Bill. Hi, everyone. And TJ. Hello. Hey, it's TJ. Hey, it's TJ. This is our very first monthly, 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 monthly. episode. Episode, episode, episode. This is kicking off, um, you know, our big change over to only doing one episode a month. We're going to be releasing from now on every first Friday. A um, little bit of a different format, but, you know, still somewhat familiar. You know, we're, we're going to, you know, start off with our you know. usual housekeeping. And if there's any invincible news, we'll talk all about that stuff. And then we're always going to have a main topic where sometimes it'll be like this week, a guest, or this month, I should say, uh, a guest. Sometimes it'll be character discussions. Sometimes it'll be us talking about um, maybe other um, comics that like Ryan Otley or Kirkman have done. Um, Maybe it'll be something completely different, you know? And after that, we have our section where we talk all about, uh, we're rereading the entire series. So we're calling it the Rereader series. The first one is going to be today, Volume 1. We're talking all about Volume 1, which is the trade paperbacks. Um, Then after that, we're going to go into just some, you know, other stuff that we want to talk about, whether it be comics, movies, TV shows, video games, um, before, you know, kind of wrapping up the episode. Every time that you say other stuff, I always sing the old jingle that lasted like half an episode. Yeah, it only lasted half an episode. But it was was strong. It Mm -hmm. carried on. Do you remember the jingle? Yeah. It's the other stuff show. Oh, yeah. With the guys talking about other stuff. Yeah, there's a reason. There's a reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are going to be spoiling things. I know we kind of talked about this being, you know, us reading the comic from the beginning again. If you're listening to this and you haven't read Invincible, I recommend you listen to only the new reader series that we did back in the day before you're caught up. We are going to be talking all about um, the future. The future and... Uh, in our main topic section, we're going to be talking openly about, you know, things that happen at the end of the series and so on. Um, we just think that it's exciting to look back at Invincible and be able to talk about things that are upcoming. And we've never been able to do that before. So uh, if you want to be a part of the show, you can email us at theinvinciblepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Um we don't have any new reviews this week. We are up to about 25 reviews on iTunes. We always appreciate those, but, um, you know, it's not a big deal. We will, I'm sure we'll get more We once. will read yeah. them on the, uh, on the show if we ever get them. Um, we did make a little bit of an appearance on the Imperial... Um, I'm sorry, the Imperious Rex show over on YouTube. Bill and I were able to uh, join them for an episode, so check out their show. Uh, we are also the Oblivion Song Podcast. Um... And if you're listening to this, there should be a new episode coming out next sub- week, September 14th. September 14th? Is that that's when the episode goes live? That's when the episode goes live. The new issue comes out September 12th. That's next week, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. That's next week. Because this Saturday oh, yeah. is the 8th. Next Saturday is the 15th. That is how wow. how numbers work. And this is an exciting it, yeah. episode and issue because, oh, the printer decided to work two hours later. 
This is an exciting episode and issue of Oblivion Song because it's... No one knows what's, no one knows no what's, one what's going to happen. Yeah. This is the first new issue that wasn't pre-released ever, right? So Correct. that's pretty exciting. Uh, we are also, another little thing that we're toying around with, um, looking into doing a website for both Invincible Podcast and Oblivion Song. Um, somewhere to put show notes and if we have any other things that we want to share, maybe throw a timeline together. Um, I don't know. We're still kind of toying with the idea. We'll probably have more to announce uh, next month, but uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, right now is where we would talk about Invincible-related news, and hopefully month to month we'll have more to talk about because going bi-weekly, there usually isn't too much to talk about. Well, this being the first monthly episode, is yeah. there anything to talk about, Ryan? Not right now. Mm. But uh, there was a really awesome um, Thrag Invincible, I'm sorry, Thrag um, uh, custom action figure made by a fan. Did you see this? No. What it fan? Was, it just happened today. It was uh, Roger Soler Serrano over on Twitter made this awesome. Holy oh, wow, shit. that's straight up Thrag. Isn't that insane? That's nuts. I'm more impressed with the Battle Beast. Yeah, yeah look at that. That's crazy. No, it's like perfect. That looks really, really good. It looks like... Does he say what, what the say original else. pieces are? Mm-mm. It's really cool, though, right? I think I think that Battle Beast is completely... Original? Original. Yeah, and not just taken from another sculpted. figure. Yeah, you can tell that it's sculpted on there. Yeah, so shout out to him. That was, uh, that was really, really good. Um, TJ, you went to not only Fan Expo in Toronto this past weekend, I but did. you will be going to New York Comic Con. Yes. I want to talk a little bit about that. I know it's not really news, but well, that's what Fan we got Expo? right now. How was Fan Expo? Fan Expo was cool. I only went two days this year because uh, obviously going to New York is much more expensive, and I haven't done that yet, so I want to save a lot of my money for that. Did you drive again back and forth? I did. I actually had a, uh, I had a hotel, and I canceled it. Uh, I was going to go all four days, but decided not to. I decided just to do the two days. Mm-hmm. So I went uh, Friday and Saturday, canceled my hotel, and just drove back and forth for the two days, uh, which actually wasn't that bad, so I enjoyed the drive. Um, it was fun though. Uh, I can say that this Fan Expo uh, Canada was like my. I was the least excited for this one, and I've gone to every one for the past four or five years. Mm-hmm. There was no like last year. I met Jim Lee. Um, the year before that was uh, was Otley. Otley. Two yeah, years like, ago was Otley. Two years, I thought that yeah. was last year. No, it was two years. Wow. Like every year, there's someone like I can't wait to meet. One guy that was there that I met was um, Jock, who's a huge comic book artist. I actually have uh, his Nightwing tattooed on me, and I showed him that, and he loved that, too. He took a picture of it, so oh, that was kind of cool. I didn't cool know that. Him. That's awesome. Yeah, he's, he, he's a nice guy. He, he does... Literally, if you look up his stuff, it's all, like, very... It's it's art that you know. Bill, you had yeah. um, a comic... Or a, um, a phone case of Joker. His Joker? With yeah, the that, was, that was Jack, yeah. Oh, wow. He, he does a lot of, like, very popular stuff that you'd know. Yeah. Like, if you look him up. Um, so yeah, I met him. That, that was kind of cool. Uh, other than that, there wasn't. You got too many a you people. got a bunch of cool commissions. I too. did get some commissions. So yeah, we'll I, um, we'll try and spread those online and um, show them off too. Yep. Um, and you, then New York. Yeah, New York is coming up real soon. Now, when we release our next episode of this podcast next month, you will be in New York. I'll be there. You'll yeah. be there when that episode goes live. Which when means that, the day be, after the day after Kirkman's panel, it'll actually go live. Yeah. So oh, that right, sucks. Yeah. So right now is the last time we're going to get to talk to all the listeners before New York Comic Con. Yeah. We um hopefully I mean as I mean I'm assuming you're cool with it. You want to if anybody is going to be going, 
yeah, hit us up. Please either get in touch with uh, either of the podcast website, uh, Twitter handles, email us, uh, get in touch with TJ, your Twitter handle, hero. It's it's what uh, hero eleven ninety seven. Yep. Or um, at Oblivion Podcast is our Oblivion Song Podcast uh, Twitter handle, and then there's um, at Invincible Cast. So, yeah. So yeah. get in touch with us. Um, We'd love. To, I'd love to meet up with you guys and kind of maybe you know get a whole bunch of Invincible fans together. That'd be cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, really wish Bill and I can go this year, but we could just couldn't make it. Um, one thing that TJ actually was here when I put them together, I made a bunch of stickers, and TJ's going to be able to hand them out. So we have Invincible oh, Podcast. cool. And Oblivion Song Podcast I stickers. I fucking want one. Advertising. Isn't that cool? Just for fun. Oh, that's so wicked. So if you want a sticker. So TJ has stickers to hand me. out. <laughs> Hopefully I'll uh, see some people in uh What I just pictured in my head was you walking around like with a you want a sticker? Hmm. No, what we already decided is that throw them. What we already decided is when TJ goes to see Kirkman or Otley or whoever, he'll just uh, casually leave them on their table and walk away. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, this brings us to our main topic of the show. We uh, just a little while ago got done recording with uh, fellow Invincible fan, Jen Drushniak. Did I get it right? That was fucking awesome, dude. Yes. Nice. Um, I'm sure if you're listening to us, you've seen her Invincible cosplay. Uh, we've retweeted it a bunch over on Twitter. Um, she's got uh, um, a YouTube channel and an Instagram and everything that she does a lot of cosplay. And she was just a really, really great person to talk to. And uh, we talked Invincible. We talked cosplay. Um we talked about the show, the movie. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So, and then we talked for like another twenty minutes after the fact, just because yeah. she's such a fan of stuff. Yeah, a lot of uh, <clears throat> similar interests. So, we hope you enjoy this. Uh, we're gonna go over to the episode now, or the chat now. Okay, so welcome to the show, Jen. And it, thank you for having me. And it's Jen Rushniak. Yes. Yes, I got it. Um, now we actually met you back in Boston. back last year. Couple, at, was it last year? Or was it two years ago? Well, it was twenty seventeen. Yeah, it's We're just 17? that okay. it's just that Boston already had their comic con, so yeah. it was two comic cons ago last year. Man, that feels like so long ago. Mm, it does. Well, TJ crazy. And I, TJ and I actually got to meet you at Boston Comic Con last year when you did your Invincible cosplay. Yeah, that was so awesome. It was so uh, incredible to meet you guys and just. Uh, I think it was just a way of me kind of talking about it on social media where it was like, oh, I'm really excited to do an Invincible cosplay. I was just kind of getting into cosplay. Mm-hmm. And I found out that Ron Otley was going to be at Boston Comic-Con. And I met him previously in uh, April of that year at C2E2 in Chicago. And he was ridiculously nice. And, you know, my friend and I saw him every day at the convention, just hopefully not bugging him, but he was very, very kind because we were very excited to meet him. And so when I found out who's going to be at Boston Comic-Con, I was like, I got to do an Invincible cosplay. I had just started cosplaying, and I had no idea how to make it. And, you know, just kind of struggling with putting it together with, okay, how do I make a, like, superhero bodysuit that's like a spandex sort of thing? And I just kind of, like, glued pieces to a morph suit. (laughs) And and I was like, I knew it was going to be horrible, so I did, like, that kind of a bloody, beaten-up version of Mark, uh, partially because I didn't really know how to really tackle the mask. And 
just with the fact of Invincible being so violent and chaotic, like it, I was happy that it kind of worked. Like I kind of like doing like special effects makeup like that. And I think just talking about that uh, randomly on social media was kind of how we got in contact, which was really awesome. Yeah. You know, that that little thing can like bring people together. Yeah, so it came out awesome. And we'll post, uh, we'll repost some pictures so that people can look at it again if they haven't seen it already. But mm-hmm. I was really impressed. I thought it came out really well. Thank you so much. It was like falling off my body. <laughs> just like with trying to figure out like how to get, because the thing is when you're working with like polyester and spandex, when you cut it, it immediately just starts to tear and sewing it onto that suit was just, it, it was just ripping immediately. And, you know, trying to put the blood on the blood wasn't like staying as red as I wanted it to. So it just looked like a big coffee stain on my chest and, <laughs> You know, it's like the we had to uh, like hot glue things in the hotel room before going to the concert. There's just like fabric hanging off my body. Like I looked Aww. like Jack Skellington, like after he got blown out of the sky. Like, <laughs> uh, but it was super fun just because like the few people who did know who I was was were really exciting about yeah. it. And it's like I never get that, you know, where it's like. Uh, like I've done other cosplays that are more known, like, you know, like Poison Ivy or like, um, I've done Genos from One Punch Man and stuff like that. And people were like, Oh my God, Genos, you know, and everyone knows who those characters are, but to have a character so niche and just to like make one or two people happy, like makes me happier than being Poison Ivy or someone else. Cause it's like, Oh my God, you actually know, like we got to talk uh-huh. Invincible right now. Like this is so, <laughs> it's what... really, really cool. That's how I feel because I go to a lot of cons, like the cons in the area, and I'll travel and go to, go to some too. And I like I collect uh, a lot of fan art, and I go to different artists, and I look at a lot of stuff, and I never ever see anything invincible at any at any booth that I go to. So whenever I do, it's extremely rare, and I always make sure I get like super excited when I do see it because it because it's that rare. So yeah, mm-hmm. whenever I see an invincible cosplay, I freak out. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've only ever seen an invincible cosplayer one other time and it was at c2e2 when uh, i saw when i met ryan otley for the first time and he was the one who told my friend and i he's like hey by the way like there's someone dressed up as battle beasts at the con and we were like oh, just nice. made it our number one priority really? to That's hunt awesome. this person down uh and we got to actually see them and they had like this full it was almost like a mascot-esque almost like uh, paper cosplay machine. It wasn't paper mache. It was like a full, like it was like a fur wow. head. Like it looked like a like a football mascot costume, but it was it was like battle beast. Like it was amazing, <laughs> and uh, he, like just a huge person. Like it was almost like he was the real deal. <laughs> like, That's cool. Oh my god, battle beast is here! Uh, it was super awesome, and you could tell the person was really excited when he saw us because like nobody else knew who he was, and we were like just in awe. It's kind of like when you see each other from like across. Yeah. A football field and you're like and you make eye contact and you understand yeah. and you, yeah uh how are you how are you introduced to invincible were you like from the very beginning were you issue 50 no i probably jumped in around like issue 110 like oh, wow. very oh, wow. yeah like actually really late um and that was uh so i've been out of college now for a little more than a year and i jumped into it like my sophomore year of college uh where I had uh, my two friends that I would hang out with were like hardcore Invincible fans. They went to high school together and they were always uh, really big into it. And 
you know, hanging out with them, they would be like, oh, did you get the new Invincible? And I was like, I can't participate in this. Uh, but they, you know, when they pitched me on it, they were like, oh my gosh, it's great. It's about this kid in high school and he has like his dad's a superhero and he has these powers and he joins, you know, and it was like, okay, I, this doesn't sound like anything special to me, but you guys are crazy about it. I'll totally check it out. I ended up getting the first like hardcover volume at like a Chicago, like, like just like a secondhand shop. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that first book is like the first arc. I think it ends uh, very close to when Omni-Man fights Invincible and like leaves him bloody. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I'm reading it and I'm like, okay, like this is, this is okay. Like this seems like your basic superhero origin story stuff. But like I was immediately like just thrust into it when you like, when I turned that page and I saw uh, Omni-Man like standing over, uh, immortal where he's like the feeling is mutual when he like annihilated him and was like kind of introduces the bad guy was like wait what like this totally like took a left turn that i didn't see coming i was like there's got to be more like this in the story so just from there on was i like binged the whole thing and Mm i just thought it was a fantastic series and i finished like so right after 112 i was reading it like every time it came out and you know finished off the series but man it was just it was amazing like i was really happy that i was introduced to it that way were you happy were you happy with the conclusion the, the final issue and the end of all things i i was for what it what it was i mean obviously it was very upsetting for it to end I and it's got to be even more upsetting because you discovered it kind of later than most people right and then you had yeah. only been reading it for like two years two three years and then it and then it ends that kind of sucks yeah no totally like it wasn't that long uh, like after I finally caught up where it was like, Oh, it's ending. I was like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> but for, I mean, I mean, it's so tough. Like when you love something so dearly like that to have a satisfying ending that not only satisfies you, but satisfies, there's so many people that need to be satisfied in yeah. like the conclusion of a really iconic emotional piece. And I think for what happens in the, final issue i'll accept it it was good i had really good moments you can tell that there are so many ideas there yeah and that he was just like i gotta step away like i got other things i gotta do and i gotta like he wasn't giving invincible as much love and care as he wanted to anymore and i think like he was like here's the rest of what i had and i think there there are great moments in it like i i love that mon that montage sequence of tara like growing up i think that was great i was like this is amazing and like moments like that in that last issue were uh i was very pleased with because it was satisfying that way where it's like okay at least i am experiencing everything all at once but at least there are answers here and i'm getting these like all the questions I have are being answered and I'm happy about that. You know, I'm going to ask you a very difficult question. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> Who's your favorite character? First character that comes to mind. Yeah. Go. Mark. Like, and, and that's like a dumb response. I feel, no. but that's I really not. like, I, honestly, I really like him. And I thought I've been thinking about this question like all day guys. Like I was like, <laughs> what if I, who really is my favorite? Cause I think that Mark is awesome. And I think that he grows up a lot. Like you see him change so much through this whole series. And you haven't really seen that with a lot of superhero characters where you have like him 
being this naive teenager who doesn't know like he just he's just being a stupid kid and then you see him like go through college you see him with the first girlfriend you see him with the love of his life you see him become a father you see him have a better relationship with his father you see him have a relationship with his daughter with you know with his illegitimate son sort of you know in that last issue you know like stuff like that uh you like there's so many things that Mark goes through in this series that I never lost interest with him. He was never a boring protagonist with me because he was always going through so much, whether like the fights that he had to go through, uh, all of the like relationship stuff that he had with Adam Eve and that he had to deal with that. And like I said, like, you know, the, his relationship with his father, like everything he, all the roles he had to take on mm -hmm. and that were thrown at him. He was, he handled it in a really, uh, powerful way and i really like that about him that was extremely uh, well like like laid out as you say <laughs> no, that was like, extremely um you know, uh, you know, like, laid like, out. Yeah, word. you're like you like summed that up very well thanks you know, and, you <laughs> made, and you made me think about something that we've never talked about before which is another reason why invincible is so fantastic is that mark changed like mark at the end is yeah, not mark from the beginning because if you and like go ahead. think think about peter parker now is Peter Parker from back then, even though he was a high school kid, it's still literally right. he's the same character. Like, Batman is always going to be Batman unless he's Dick Grayson, you know what I mean? Like, it, he's one of the only and even protagonists. when those characters do change, they always bring him back. They always bring him back to the roots yeah, of what the, they were. Yeah, it's always like know? an arc, like, ooh, Bruce is going to get married, and but then it's always just, I'm yeah. brooding and I'm Batman. Like, it's there's no real growth change. And that's one thing that's really exciting, because... After our, our, our chat with you, Jen, we're going to be going on to our discussion about the first volume. We're rereading the whole series. And okay. we're going to be talking all about the first volume. And uh, it's so different. It's so weird to see young, happy Mark, you know, in high school. Like, you're yeah. right. He changes so much. And you see that a little bit, too. Like, you're almost like it's literally forced upon you as the reader when they do the reboot, where it's like, wow, he really has changed, you know, without going back to that first issue, but in the same way, I mean, you are. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's crazy. And that's what's so incredible about Invincible as a series is that, again, when it's pitched to someone, it sounds like your run-of-the-mill superhero story, like the same origin thing that we've gotten from Spider-Man and all these other series. It's like, okay, we've seen this before, but we haven't. Yeah. Like, there's so much that's unique about it and that it really just takes all these tropes and flips them and it catches you by surprise in every single way. And that's what's, I think, fantastic about the series on top of, like, you know, I think the art is exceptional. Like, there's so much to that series that's special. And I, it's, that's why I get so excited when I see people at a convention that recognize the character because it's yeah. like, oh, yes, you know, like... You're one of me. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you think that is going to carry over into the movie, the animated show, anything like that? I hope so. I definitely, like I said, like Invincible is very special. And I think that it just, like, it hasn't caught the light that The Walking Dead has or, you know, other Kirkman's other work. But when it does, it's going to, like... Yeah light one hell of a fire you know like that's the thing and like uh i was working at a comic book store for the last year and i'd see like i would never see anyone buy invincible i would recommend it to my dying breath <laughs> to everyone 
but like people who bought like Walking Dead or Oblivion Song and stuff like that, I was like, dude, you gotta you gotta check out Invincible. I said, mark my words, what like in a few years this place is gonna be covered with Invincible merchandise. And I'm going to be the crazy old man going, I told you, like, see, see how popular this shit is? You got Invincible on mugs. You got Invincible everywhere. Because it's so good. And I think it's going to blow up in that way. Like, And it's crazy that we're getting not only the movie now, but the animated series, which is just fantastic. Yeah. And so it's going to be able to be consumed in so many different mediums that it's like, it, it's going to be nuts. I think it's going to spread with popularity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, I mean, we, we can tell by everyone that has read both Walking Dead and Invincible. I feel like most of them are, like, are really in love with Invincible. Like, they find out, like, oh, this is really something special. And not that Walking Dead isn't, but there's something about Invincible that I, I think a lot of people we talked to, and it was cool that it, it wasn't, you know, it's not how you were introduced, but a lot of people we talked to, they're introduced, including us, were introduced to Invincible by Walking Dead. You know, that's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a gateway. And it's interesting because we really believe that that is kind of how it's going to go again. We're going to see that happen again with the movie or the show. It's like oh, creators of The Walking Dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. For yeah. Everybody. Oh, you know, the guy that wrote The Walking Dead. Well, he wrote this. You know what I mean? And all these superhero movies are out and everything. And this is a, a, a unique take on that. So that's going to be right. Cool. And I, it, it's a perfect time for it to come out. Like after I think like we are being it's so exhausting, like the types of superhero movies that we're seeing. And I think that now Invincible, like, I, I it, it shouldn't be seen as, like, just another superhero movie because it's not. And mm-hmm. I think that it's going to be refreshing yet familiar to this Marvel audience that have fallen in love with the super, superhero genre, mm-hmm. which I think is great. It's done right. Done right. Right. If done incorrectly, then it could just be, like, same old rigmarole. But, you know, if done right, if the passion is behind it, you know, and I... I don't know how about you, but I think that we're all on the same page where we're more, I don't think TJ's the same way, excited about the animated series. I mean, an R-rated adult animated mm-hmm. series. I think, I mean, for something that it's it's tough to get, you know, monsters and special effects and aging and de-aging and all that kind of stuff done in live action. I mean, I'm excited to see that and I hope they can do it. But I mean, I know that the animated will most likely be a little bit more faithful, which again makes me more excited to, for the live action because mm-hmm. it'd be cool to see their interpretation. Like an ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I totally agree with you guys. Like, and you know, after I finished reading it before the movie was announced, like I would talk with my friend and be like, "What's the best medium for an invincible? Like, how would invincible be adapted?" And it was like animated TV show, yeah. absolutely. On something like, I mean, it's being shown on Amazon, but we'd be like Netflix. You know, maybe if HBO picked it up, yeah. Like, something like that is the best way to do it. Because, and that's the beauty of animation, is that it is limitless. Like, that's part of the reason I love anime, is because, like, there's no limitation to the weirdness or boundaries on what you can animate and what's, like, what you're going to swallow. It's just, like, it is what it is, and I'm going to accept it. And I think that's, and Invincible is the perfect property to do that. And, uh... The, I do worry a bit about the live action adaptation because of those limitations set in place with not only the powers, but as you said, like the like Monster Girl transforming and like the violence, I think, is very in, a very important motif in Invincible. And I think that needs to be shown through the film. And I mean, if it doesn't get an R rating, I will be disappointed. You know, it's like. And will it have the budget to carry out, like, the effects that we want and the fights that we want? Like, 
I don't, it's tough to say right now. I mean, we don't have enough information, but I think the animated series is definitely something I'm looking forward to more because it's the adaptation that I would have picked first. Yeah, I think that that's why I'm actually looking forward to the movie more than I'm looking forward to the animated series because I'm not worried about the animated series. It's going to be everything that we want. So, yeah, I can't wait for it, but I'm just... I'm curious about the movie. Yes, I want to see, curiosity. is it going to happen the way we want it to happen? Who's going to play who? I want to see castings. I want to see, you know, all that stuff. Like, I can't wait for it. That's what I want to see. Like, I'm nervous about it, and that's why I, I just yeah. want to know. I just want to know. And I want to yeah. say, your van casting video was one of the first videos that, like, we saw when the movie was announced. You got, it, you got that out there real quick. It was really good. Uh, I want to say we even talked about it on our episode when... That it was announced. Live. Yeah, we talked about Bella Thorne. Yeah, you picked Bella Thorne, right? Was that you? I did. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yes. That was such. I don't. That changed. Don't that think changed. It, I don't think so anymore. You don't like it anymore? I don't. I don't know. I li- well. I think. Okay. Bella looks, Thorne looks as wise. a person. Okay. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> looks, so looks wise. Oh yeah. It's it's. I think she's great. Oh yeah. That's all we're really referring to. Yeah. I haven't seen her really in anything other than a couple. She's trailers. in that new show. That's. What is that show where she's like an a- an up and coming actress or something like that, right? I don't know. I haven't yeah, heard of she's, that. She's she's she's, she's the lead of a show that's been like it's like it's like at least I think maybe two seasons in. But li- my wife watches it and she's got a lot of fire behind her in that because it's about her being like this shy up and coming actress and then all of a sudden she's like a huge thing and all these people are on her and then she like changes kind of like Walt Walter White did. You know oh, what I mean? Really? Like for oh, the worst. That's yeah. Cool. Huh. So yeah, she's more. She was a little. Rebellious, I guess is the good way I worry, to put it. I worry about that. Yeah, like yeah. just seeing how she is in the public eye. I was like, I, I think just think back to her as Adam Eve, and I'm like, it's it's her capability to it's her ability to commit to the role is yeah. what I worry about. You know, exactly. it's like I see that person, and but then I see her in a trailer for like a romantic comedy, and I'm like, okay, so, I mean, maybe she can. I don't know. I'd yeah. just be nervous about her carrying a, a, I don't know, trilogy, you know, maybe more. Exactly. That's the, That's the only thing. thing, too, is that one of the biggest questions we have about the Invincible movie is, like, wh- where are they going to end it? Like, mm-hmm. does it end after he fights Omni-Man? Are we going to get more than that? Like, yeah. What's, what's how, many, how many movies are they planning on doing? You know, like, how far are they going to take this? Are they, are they going to do, like, a time jump? Are they going to start him? I, who knows? Like, there's a lot to cram into a film, oh, yeah. you know? What's funny about the whole Bella Thorne thing, too, that was was when the weekend that we met you, when we were mm-hmm. in Boston, we were in our hotel room, and another uh, fan favorite actor to play Mark is Dylan Minnette from 13 yes. Reasons Why. That's uh, it. Yeah, I have so him picked, too. We were, yeah. we were in our hotel room, and we were just, like, watching TV, flicking through stuff, and there was oh, a, yeah. a movie with, uh, what's uh, his name, Steve Carell is in it, it plays the father. and the terrible, like the, no good, the, very bad day. Yeah, the yeah. terrible, no good, very oh, bad okay. day. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. And yeah. Dylan Minnette is, plays the older brother in who is dating... Bella Thorne. Yeah, in high school. Oh, weird. It, 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 it was, it was really actually cool. really, it was perfect. I yeah, thought it was like really good. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It, it was wasn't interesting. Oh my God, like, I had no idea that like, they were in a movie together. Yeah. <laughs> like usually like YouTube a clip of them talking together in high school. It wasn't school. a bad it's movie really, either. It's worth yeah. checking out. Oh, I'll, I mean, I'll definitely YouTube that clip and just be like, Mark. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so what are some, like, as far as your YouTube channel and what you're doing with your Instagram and everything, like, what what have you got going on? So my YouTube channel definitely. So I just moved to New York City, uh, yeah. first of all. So 
you know, I've been transitioning over the last year, like after graduating college, I have my degree in film production, like concentrating in editing, but like content creation is something I've really grown a passion for, like within the last two years and like making these videos and doing cosplay is a way for me to, I'm like trying to break into it in that way. And so with my YouTube channel, like my whole thing is that I just want to be able to talk about what I want to talk about and kind of meet people that way. Like, like invincible. Like I have a lot of like very niche interests that are tough to grab an audience for. But again, like you meet like, like invincible, like there's those few people who are just so passionate and committed and just putting your voice out there to be like, hi, hello. Like I'm an invincible fan. You get to meet all these awesome people. I've done the same thing with, um, like Jet Set Radio, which is a Sega video game yeah. uh, that came out in the early 2000s. And it's like, that has a very niche audience. And, you know, there's a whole Twitter account that's like, hi, Jet Set Radio. Hello. And I'm like, hi there. You know, like, it's kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, like with my channel, like I just kind of I really like doing like the fan casting things. I have a couple more plans, um, like for some a- anime adaptations, like if I were to cast cast them uh you know, just kind of, uh, I like talking about anime and manga and just kind of bringing to light ideas that people haven't really thought of before. Um, like, uh, talking about how, uh, art is done in comic books and manga and why, how some of them are cinematic and some of them can be considered more cartoony or, you know, talking about film, whatever the case is. I just like, I have a list of different topics and again, it kind of, um, just brings up interesting conversations uh, with people that maybe presenting thoughts that you haven't thought of before. Um, and then, yeah, I do have my cosplay as well, which I, again, started like a little bit more than a year ago uh, that I absolutely love doing. Um, just being able to kind of bring characters to life in that way is super inspiring and just a ridiculous amount of fun. Just uh when again like when people see mark it's like oh my god they're not seeing me they're seeing mark or they're seeing genos or they're seeing whoever and it's like you meet a lot of really awesome people that way and the ability to be able to craft and kind of brainstorm like okay how am i going to make these robot arms or (laughs) how am i going to make my eyes look yellow and black and you know how am i going to do the wig how am i going to like just bring this character to life is very fun for me so genos one was awesome the I think I saw that one too, yeah. and I was super impressed with it. Yeah, that one is really. That cool. means he. I've put in so much blood, sweat, and tears in that cosplay. I haven't done him in a very long time, but hopefully next year I'll touch him up. Uh, but yeah, I like. I mostly just dabble with like anime and manga, but I want to branch out more and do more like video game cosplays. Like uh, I want to do Elizabeth in her blue dress from Bioshock. I've done her burial at sea outfit. I lo- I love Bioshock too. That's something that I I've done a video on like kind of my bioshock infinite cast i remember when you started playing it right it wasn't too long ago when you played them all for the first no, time no i only saw, I, like that's the thing too is that like, i feel tweeting like a, so and you were tweeting about it and it, you were like your mind was blown and i could see like as you were progressing i'm like this is really fun to watch you know what's amazing <laughs> is that i just started to play bioshock infinite again and when i played through it the first time i was like meh dude i that loved was okay. it the whole i told you guys i, I borderline liked it more than rapture you're out, your mind. You're, you're out of your mind. Borderline. You're... Here's the thing. That's here's a, a tough call. Here's, here's the thing. The atmosphere in Rapture is way better. However, I liked the ending of Infinite more. Th- even though Rapture blew else. us away yeah. with their ending. Um, 
it's which the are environment. kind of me. The environment of but, the adventure. But the ending of Infinite was one of the best endings yeah. I've the, seen in a video game. The story oh, absolutely. and the absolutely. amount. The pinky. Yeah, yeah. the amount. Oh just the, Not even that. <laughs> you know what's crazy is that you didn't fucking play the DLC, which is the... Oh my gosh, Defin play it. Are you fucking... Play it. He hasn't yeah, played yeah, it. Yeah, he loves what? He loves fucking Infinite. And you're, and you're saying that Infinite is amazing? Dude, you don't even... You don't even... Yeah, that's what you get. You get your headphone torn off. DLC. Anyways, it's much better the second time through. I need to play it again. Oh, it's excellent. Because and it's the like, thing about it, it's so cinematic. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's like playing a movie with that game. Like mm -hmm. all the characters are really fleshed out. And I I talked about this in my uh, Bioshock video. Is that the thing is with I I totally agree where uh, Bioshock One and Two like Rapture is an amazing place. I love being in Rapture. It's a super cool world. But you're just playing as like blank faced jack or delta like you don't there's no identity to your character besides like a couple little details but like i felt like when you're playing infinite it's like your booker like booker has this backstory he has this personality and you're just you're in this mindset of booker because and like the thing with video games is like you should be playing your protagonist is kind of supposed to be a blank space blank uh slate because he's supposed to be you or she's mm -hmm. supposed to be whoever it is it's like Master Chief is has his mask on because you're Master Chief. You know, it's like yeah. he doesn't really have a lot going with him. But Booker, I think, has his own identity. Elizabeth has her own identity. And I like the way that game plays out is so vivid and just excellent storytelling. Like, I think it's awesome. I really hope there's a movie for that game. <laughs> that would be great. There's supposed to be. Like, there's there, the yeah, rights. supposed to be a movie. There was, yeah. The game, for, yeah, for the first yeah. one, I, there were plans for it. But I don't think they ever, like, I don't know what happened. But, I remember uh, a board game came out a while ago. And, uh, a Bioshock board yeah, game? Like a Bioshock really? Cool. That would be fun. It actually looked pretty cool. So what speaking of cosplay, mm -hmm. are you going to New York Comic Con this year? I'm really hoping to. I'm really, I like, you I have like plans. six more days to buy a badge. I think Thursday is the only day left. I know. I'm like dragging my feet on it because it's like, I have plans, but at the same time, like, it's like, I'm also doing Anime NYC for sure, oh, which okay. is a month later. And I also have KatsuCon in February, which is a really mm -hmm. big convention for me. So it's like, a lot. I'd really like to go to New York Comic Con. And it's like, I'm still going back and forth where it's like, do I buy, do I buy a badge? Do I, can I get my cosplay done in time? So uh, if I do go, uh, I'm hoping to get uh, Halloween Town Sora done oh my God. for that convention. But that's a big, so cool. <laughs> that's very ambitious cosplay to get done in a month. Oh. But uh, man, I I will definitely bring him to KatsuCon. So I've started on him, but uh, yeah, that was my ideal plan. But things are kind of getting rocky, but we're working on it. So hopefully I'll be able to go. Are you guys going to any conventions this year? I'm going to New York. Okay. So I'll be there. So. I mean, that, if I, I don't go to the con and I'm in the area, just hit me up and we'll we'll hang out yeah, outside sure. the con. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, as for as far as anybody listening that wants to find your YouTube channel or anything, is there your Twitter handle or anything else you want to pimp out? Yeah. Um, so the best way to kind of see what I'm up to is on Instagram is kind of the platform I use the most, okay. and it's uh, Floral Galaxy Cosplay is where I post like all my cosplay photos, all of the stuff I'm working on. Occasionally, I'll go on some nerdy rants on there <laughs> uh and twitter as well twitter is just uh jen Drush, um which is just like my first name and the beginning of my last name so and again like i tr i'd like i'm trying to be a little bit more active on there and just kind of talk about like 
movies I've watched and kind of engage people with uh, just different things that I'm up to and be like, oh, like, and see if, what they're up to as well and see if we can, like, connect in some way. Like, oh, have you seen this movie? Like, let's talk about it. I, yeah. like, my biggest thing is that I just like talking to people about stuff that we share in common. And I think it's wicked fun to kind of present new ideas, but also receive new ideas from people and kind of see things in a different way that I hadn't thought of before. Uh, and like, you can do that when you're talking about movies or video games or like with cosplay, it's like, uh, every time I see like a Geno's cosplayer, I'm like, how did you do your arms? I need to know, <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh yeah, I did like this elastic thing with the fingers though. Cause my fingers always fall off. Cause they're just kind of put on like rings. I have like different, oh. uh, pieces for each of the joints. And I saw someone who has like, they're attached with like these elastics. So it just slips on like this giant glove. And I'm like, how did you do that? Like, cause this is awesome. Like so innovative, you know, and it's really cool. Uh, I always like kind of hearing new things and being able to teach people as well. Yeah. So. Very cool. Thank you so much for chatting with us. This was a blast. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really exciting guys. I'm so happy we were able to do this. Yeah. We'll talk more. Thanks. Absolutely. Uh, maybe especially as it gets closer to the movie and especially the anime, uh, the animated show. We're going to be in touch. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I yeah. can't wait to I can't wait to talk about that. I'm like praying every day for just something to drop <laughs> for the movie. Anything. I don't care what it is. Some some poster with just the sky and Mark blasting off, where you anything. can barely see him. Anything. I'm fine. <laughs> That'd be awesome. All right, Dad. Thank you very much. Right. Yeah. Bye. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye. And we're back. Thank you so much, Jen, for chatting with us. We had a blast, and hopefully we'll get to talk more soon. Uh, right now, we're going to be going into our next segment of the show, which is our rereader segment. We are talking the first five issues of Invincible. This is volume one trade paperback titled Family Matters, which is appropriate. Um, I do have a little thing to add to this. I thought this would be fun. Okay. Bill, you got a sneak peek. 2003 is when the first issue of Invincible came out. Oh, yeah, I did. In 2003, gas was $1.83 a gallon. Oh, my God. Apple launched iTunes. The fifth Harry Potter book came out. I feel like the that's not lining up. Like, right? I feel like the fifth book... The fifth Not book. the fifth movie, the fifth book. Right, but I still feel like the fifth book would be later than really? Gas being a dollar thirty something. Yeah, dollar eighty. Dollar eighty still. Uh, this was also the year the top movies. Some of the top movies were Return of the King, mm -hmm. Finding Nemo, X Men Two, and Bad Boys Two. Oh, Bad Boys Two! <laughs> some so the, good. Some of the top songs were "Lose Yourself" by Eminem. Wow. "Bring Me to Life" by Evanescence. Oh my God. Hey Ya by Outkast, Seven Nation Army, White Stripes, Numb by Linkin Park, and every single 50 Cent song, because every song was a 50 Cent song in 2003. That is so, like, you know what you just did? You placed me. That's what I'm trying to do. Where I was. The Game Boy Advanced SP was released. The PSP was revealed. Devil May Cry 2 came out. Oh, oh my god! Shit. Media play! Knights of the Old Republic came out for Xbox. I f and Amplitude came out for PlayStation. Are you kidding me? Amplitude came out and yes. we were just fucking singing... We've been singing that song all day. Oh my god. So yeah, just to put yourself in 2003... 
I remember what, what I got went, me was the Devil May Cry. Yeah, I remember because <laughs> I went to I went to Media Play, and I was looking for video games with my mom, and I saw the cover of Devil May Cry Two, and uh, I was like, "Huh, I should get this." Media Play, dude. Yeah, that's when remember issue going to one Media came Play? out. Yeah. So we were, we were, was that second year of high school? 2003 was two years before we graduated. So yeah, second year. Of yeah. Year. What got me was Return of the King. Jeez, Numb by Linkin Park. No way. Do you remember when Hey Ya was like on Bring Me to on Life, TRL. Evanescence? Evanescence was, oh, every time you turn on the radio. God, I was so not into comics then or really anything. Not re- that's what I mean. I was like, thinking about this. I was trying to think like, who were we in the second year of high school? Like, what were we into? Like, it, did we were just dumb no, kids. We were just dumb kids. Like, I played a lot of. I still play a lot of video games. Yeah. But I didn't do anything comics. I love Batman, but that's it. But I didn't really read anything. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Isn't that crazy to think that that's when the first issue came out? Mm-hmm. So, the first trade. It actually had a. Uh, the first. Um, the tr- first trade has a different cover. The first printing. It's actually at the back of the uh, second printing. So that's what your trade looks like, right, yeah. TJ? I'm pretty sure you have the first printing. Yeah. That's the first that's printing? Because that's the one that, yeah, this is what the cover looks like. Uh, and that's the one that you let me borrow yeah. when you first got it, and we mm-hmm. started reading this. That's so weird. Why is that the first? That was the cover originally. I don't get it. It's the fridge. It's their fridge magnet. Like, it's oh, uh, Mark's like, fridge. Okay, There's I letters, oh. pictures, and stuff like that. But then it was uh, re-released, and it has a little bit more of a theme to all the covers, where they right. have, like, a character and the panels in the background. Much better decision, I think. Yeah. I like that cover though. I mean, it's, I like it's it. funny, but it's just it doesn't. I mean, it's not a cover. It's a it's a back. Yeah, it looks like yeah. the back. Um, so we're not going to do what we usually do, where we go page by page, because that would take forever. Uh, and this is already going to be a long podcast. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, rereading it and what it was like, and uh, how. I mean, the first issue. We got to talk about the, the cover. Do you guys like the cover to issue one? I think TJ, it's synonymous TJ now. Like, it's iconic. It. It's iconic. I never liked it. You still mm-hmm. don't like I it? Ne- See how you said still? Because you know that I've always felt that way. I've never liked it. it I don't is, like it. You're crazy. Why? It's just him in front it's, of a I, wall with... I know. I get that. But like you've I, seen, like, hands together dripping blood and, like, if, dinosaurs if, jumping at him. If and, I were to show you for the first time, like, issue one, and you were to say that, I would agree with you. But being such fans of it, like I feel like it's grown on me. It has and grown. It's like, oh yeah, it's 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 it an iconic. Like, it's iconic. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no other. I agree, but I, I don't I know. I like it. Okay, uh, you know, want to see what the uh, the original plus, I cover? Like, I like like you know. Issue one, and you're like searching for it, whatever. To be simple, I don't want it to be something crazy. Yeah, but I mean, even still, like with a simplistic cover, like issue one of The Walking Dead, it's Rick standing in front of like the broken glass, and you see the reflection of the zombies. Like, like you don't like that cover? That's, that is a lot like this one, though. I no, think they're not. very similar. Oh, they're both standing in front of things yes. that are broken and cracked. <gasps> so this is uh, in the back of this like volume, the sketchbook family. section. There is uh, what the cover was originally. Uh, but it's basically the cover of the trade much with the different better. panels. Much, I really like that. Much better. But apparently they thought that, you know, someone washing dishes and reading the newspaper wasn't really appealing. So they just went with the cracked wall throughout the whole thing. So instead of him being in front of people doing things, they just put a, 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 a black a shadow. wall. It's, lom- it's ominous, you know. It is? It is. There's a shadow. There's someone he's about to fight. I guess so. Yeah. So... The whole first trade and the way the issue starts is that flash, flash forward to a flashback 
of, you know, you know, you really ruined my afternoon. Which, is it weird? Is it just me? Or does that look, like, amazingly better than the rest of the no, It looks awesome. Like it the looks de- awesome. The detail love... on Mark, Mark's face. The whole, all the art in this first volume, I think, is, for the most part, really good. I, I mean, I like this a lot. Um, him, you know, we've got this, uh, we get, you know, the call back mm-hmm. to Mark sitting on the toilet. He's reading a science dog. Um, this is when Nolan is uh, shown on the TV fighting... Fing Fang Foom? Ah, uh, no. The Asian guy. The yeah. Lin. tongue, the jaw guy. Lin. Yeah, Lin. Mr. Lin? Uh, Mr. Jin Lin? Lin? No, it's definitely Lin. I want to say it's Mr. Lin. Mr. Lin? Yeah, we're going to go with the that. The dragon guy. Um, one, of the, one of the little um, Easter eggs comes when we meet William for the first time. Uh, a guy on the side has an AFI shirt. Um, obviously, William has a Gap shirt that says rap. Rap, yeah. Um, and then, of course, Reginald Bell Johnson. This is the first call to call to um, Family Matters that we get, which is Reginald Bell Johnson is the actor, right, that plays Winslow. Winslow, mm-hmm. Carl Winslow. Mm-hmm. He died. He did. He did? Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> of course, Mark getting his superpowers at the dumpster throwing the bag of trash very iconic yeah one of the best parts um yeah i mean mark going out and flying this is where it's like oh this isn't very good where are he's you like kidding he is talking to himself the entire time he's like and he's not even thinking he's talking he oh, does well, dad that. said that that if i jump off the roof that it's like an instinct and i'll just start flying like there's a lot of like a lot and then if as we as we go on you'll i I think you'll see, like... It definitely feels... It's very corny. More lighthearted. I don't know if uh, I'd go corny. Oh, it's, it's so just lighthearted. corn in this. He, he first of all, corn is a, an amazing band, okay? <laughs> um, Jonathan Davis is, is, would be honored to be in this comic. But I don't... He ta- he, this, he's acting the same way that he does throughout the comic book. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he, first of all, he would never talk like that. He's he would acting never say, like a like, child. No. I think it changes. He's acting like young Mark. Yeah. Like him yelling, too cool. Like, that's not something that the Mark that we know later on would yeah, really do. Yeah, he would. You think so? He's always done that. When Eve does something cool, he's like, right on, or awesome. Like, he's always kind of geeking out over stuff. No, I guess you're right. Yeah, he. this is Mark. Uh, I think it's corny. I don't mind it. I'm okay with it. We get to see uh, Titan uh, robbing a bank with some, some bank robbers. Uh, in the background, we have uh, O'Donnell's roofing, and then underneath that, it says parking in rear. Oh, nice. Kind of the very first ever so parking Titan in rear. So is the very first villain that Mark fights. You're right. He is. the The dragon is the first villain ever shown, well, unless you count unless you count the flash forward. Chronologically, it would be Titan, right? No, there's no villain shown in the first. I would call him a villain. Who he's carrying? Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, but you know, chronologically, yes, Titan is the first one he he comes across, and it's in his makeshift. Costume. I really like this costume. You know so what it reminds me of? You know what it fucking reminds me of? Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Homecoming? Homecoming. Yeah, this, dude. In, this entire first issue it's, is... Yeah, I was going to say, we can talk all about Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I mean... We'll get to it. Like, you know, but I just mean the costume itself like, with it's like got, the goggles. It's and got the, Flash uh, Johnson. Flash Johnson? Thompson. Oh, Flash yeah. Thompson. School, him fighting like, him. Like yeah. fighting him. Like it's got the the pre-costume the, the homemade costume we'll get mm-hmm. into it there's there's more than that too we'll get into it 
just the way Mark talks in this, like Nolan being like, hey, what, has it been a week since you got your powers? Mark's like, yeah, two weeks, actually. I'm still getting the hang of it. I've been wearing this when practicing flying. Like, it's so lighthearted and fun. Um, the first time I saw these goggles, when he takes them to art shop, you know, he has that the, the bulletproof costume, the mm -hmm. orange and yellow. The first time I saw the goggles, when I was rereading it, it reminded me of the blue goggles that Tara wear, wears when she's older. Remember, sometimes she wears the blue like sunglasses, and sometimes she has the goggles. The goggles that look when like she's like swimming, swimming underwater. Yeah, yeah. They look nothing like that. Oh, I thought they looked like that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I could be. I could be mistaken. Hmm. Um. Then we've got. Yeah, we've got the Flash Thompson scene, obviously with the uh, callback to uh, Steve Urkel. So the bully's picking on Steve Urkel, who we find out from um, uh, the principal. Uh, that his name was Steve White, which is a bland Jamal of White. Jamal White and Steve Urkel. Mm -hmm. Slayer t-shirt. Yeah. And a tool t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I noticed that he really liked, like, Cory Walker loved putting stuff on t-shirts. Mm -hmm. Like, Der Derek's shirt says MoFo, but it is in the logo of something else. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but... Mm -hmm. um, so, Invincible stands up for, for the, you know, the kid getting picked on. Professor Winslow, or B.N. Winslow, the uh, principal, I should say, um, says, you know, that boy was almost twice your size. It's not your responsibility to protect the other kids here. You're not invincible, you know, because he had talked about how he wanted it. Which is a straight-up line from the Spider-Man movie. Is it really? You're, you're not Superman, you know. Oh, well, that's okay, so not a straight-up yeah, line. Yeah. But, I mean, you're not invincible, you know, yeah. and then his name is... I mean, Which is like really funny to think about, like, right? Like, there's no way that line would be said in a Marvel movie these days. She wouldn't reference Superman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Isn't yeah. that funny to think about how the Marvel movies have changed? When I think of, like, the Corners book, though, like, Principal Winslow was talking to him and was like, you don't need to be sticking up for him. And he's like, don't worry about that. My nose my nose is deep in the books. I've got uh, got it. Get into a good college, good college this year. next year. Like, it just seems like, uh, like it's... It's for children. I don't it's for think so. I think so children. I think the way Mark is talking is like a high school student. What you talked like that when we were listening to Evanescence and Lose Yourself. You know no, what I mean? Like you. I don't think I did. I don't know. I don't know. On this next page during a also, debate. Also, when I, we were listening to Evanescence, I wasn't Mark's age. Well, yeah, you're right. But you know what I mean. Uh, yes, you were. Oh. High school, bro. I wasn't. I don't think I was in high school in 2000. Well, Mark's a senior here too. In 2003, 99. You were in high school. Uh, I guess yeah. I was. Six, I was 16. You're in the middle of high school. Um, this uh, bank robbery that's happening at the end of the comic. There's an uh, a uh, Akira jacket walking along. Um, then the final. The, the first issue ends with these bank robbers running out, going to the back, and. Uh, uh, one of the robbers get away. yeah one of the robbers threatening to to blow him away and he says i wouldn't try that i'm invincible you guys Corn. think this, do you guys think yeah do you guys think it's a good first issue though no i disagree i liked this so much rereading it it didn't like i mean it's just it's very by the comic books yeah by the books it's it's it, it's introduction of powers introduction mm -hmm. of the the suit you know, character development that he doesn't let the bullies 
pick on the little guy. Buy like, the books, man. It is. Buy the books. And, and it does it gets the job and done. He doesn't have anything that sets him apart. He can fly and he's super strong. He's Superman. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Superman in 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 Spider Man's like world. Alright, so maybe I like it a lot knowing what I know and looking back at the simple beginnings. Yes. Yeah, As because I do callbacks like, and stuff to make it more, you know. Yeah. But I guess you but I guess you could say like As a standalone if you were reading it without knowing have, anything. I have a question that kind of foreshadows everything. Mm -hmm. And Jen talked about the twist with Omni-Man standing over the Guardians yeah. and stuff like that. Do you think that that would have been as impactful if the comic book did not start as run-of-the-mill like this? Mm. And because the tone of this no, comic book No, because think about it. Is, when everybody talks about Invincible um, breaking expectations or uh -huh. um, sub subverting until, expectations. It up until that point. It doesn't. No. But was that intentional? Did Kirkman try to build a world that was cliche, kind of run-of-the-mill, and then all of a sudden, I think it boom, has to, because the issue two starts with Nolan doing the now iconic, right. you know, it's time we had the talk. Let me ask you this about the first issue. If I had given you the first issue and you read it, would you have looked at me and be like, I can't wait to continue reading this because of the potential? No, be, I mean, I'd, I mean, I'd like, say, I'd say, you know, like, I don't know where it's going to go. I'd say, is there, is there more? Like, does I it get good? I, I'd probably ask you if it I got good. I think there's no way. Well, yeah, but I'm not, I don't know if it gets good. You're I'm saying just right away. You, I'm just giving yeah. you issue one and that's all I know. Yeah, I, I feel know. like I would be like, there's no reason for me to continue this. It's not going to go anywhere. I'd be yeah. wrong. I mean, there was the, there was the, thing that carries throughout this whole volume in the first issue where Mark's like, oh, I think I'm finally getting su superpowers. And Debbie's, oh, that's nice. Can you pass the potatoes? Yeah. Like, no they're... No big deal. Yeah, they, they, they are trying to make it out to be... Well, I'm not saying... I'm not saying the second and third and fourth issue is bad. I'm just saying the first issue. Yeah. I think it gets better as it goes on, mm -hmm. for sure. So issue two starts with several pages of Nolan talking about the Filtrum Empire the and going through the committee. going through the whole lie, and then, um, you know, the Mark saying, "Wow, I'm going to be able to fly." Uh, Mark standing in bed. Mark goes out for a for a flight, and stumbles upon uh, the Mauler stealing game boxes, and the Teen Team shows up. This is our first introduction to the Teen Team. Which is Rexplode, Robot, Adam Eve, and Duplicate. Mm -hmm. And Rex throws a, a pebble, and it hits him, and he says, that was just a pebble. Imagine what I could do with a golf ball. A BB. Or a BB. That's what it is. Yeah. Knock him out, and um, this is when um, uh, Mark and Eve meet. They find out that they're in the same class together, and uh, I always thought this scene was interesting because uh, not only do people always reference it because... Mark says, you know, is there any way you can keep this whole, you know, my identity a secret? You never know when your next teammate is going to go crazy and become the next big villain. People were referencing that a lot when Robot happened. But, I mean, isn't that a little bit more, isn't it more accurate to say that's Omni-Man? Yeah. yeah you, people were referencing it as, as, like, it being foreshadowing. Yeah. I don't think it's foreshadowing. Not to Robot. I think it was just Omni-Man, if, if anything at all. I'd say if anything at all is yeah. closer. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I also found the logo on his shirt always interesting because it's basically a Viltrumite logo, but rearranged. 
It is? Yeah. Mm, kind of. Yeah, if the long one was in the middle and then one of those was right below it. Oh, yeah. I suppose. If you look at the logo right there. Oh, yeah. You're right. I like how, how disinterested Eve is. Oh, and of course, <laughs> we've got uh, Red Sun Superman walking by. Oh, my God, by. that is Red Sun Superman. He even has the curl in his hair. Oh, my gosh. That's Cory Walker doing some stuff there. Dude, you know, oh, yeah, dude, he... Shit like that. Cory Walker, I feel like Cory Walker hides more than Otley. Like, he, he's hiding so many little things in this. Um, one of my favorite lines in the book, you know, you'd be surprised how rarely people look up, you know, them changing in the dumpster. Um, we never really get to see Robot use his bike that often. There's mm-hmm. even, that's what the hero he click never is. Even use it yeah, anymore. the hero click yeah. is him riding it. Well, because he can fly. Mm-hmm. You know right, what? He you know what? Now. He didn't fly. He didn't fly. Early on. That's why. Oh. Hmm. Upgrades. Yep. They, bu- uh, they break in on the uh, Mahler twins. They're trying to create a bunch of uh, robots. Um, they stop them. Uh, we get the Twin Pines Mall page, which is the mall from Back to the Future. And as... Um, and we get... Is that Marty McFly? Looks yeah. Like Marty McFly, yeah. Isn't it? And that's uh, Paul Hill over on Twitter brought that up. Uh, and I didn't catch it, but uh, I did catch... Charlie Brown. Um, Charlie Brown. Yeah, and what other that, people yeah. online caught that I didn't was uh, these two right there in the middle. What do you see? Are they ninjas? It's Jay and Silent Bob. What? Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, you're right. Isn't that cool? That's hard to see, though, because like, yeah. you see that he's wearing a trench coat. He's got a beard. Like I was like, what is that? And then the guy with the, you know, yeah, the, 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 the beanie and the, and the long blonde hair. Yeah. Funny. So a student was turned into a bomb and blew up at the mall. Uh, chapter three. This, is, I, I, this might be my favorite cover of all five issues. I really like the Flax on Dimension, um, them fighting those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so issue three was... Let's see. A lot more of... Oh, this is when uh, he quit the Burger Mart. He freaked out on his boss, ended up quitting, and um, later that night, his dad told him, you know, you don't really need that job. You you should probably just quit. Um, And he never... Until Eve gets him the job, Mark never has to deal with a job again. Right? Yeah. He he never does anything else. Mm Mm-hmm. It's... What? I'm just... How does he live? How does he eat? Yeah. He lives at home. Yeah, but... After what that, he after, that Cecil, after that, Cecil pays for everything, yeah, right? Pay. True. So, okay, in this panel, we have him suiting up to go out with Omni-Man. This is the best picture we have of the way his mask is made. Like, you can actually kind of oh, see yeah, right. how it would work. The goggles are super loose. They're just kind of half-attached. He's pulling the mask over his head. And you can saw that see that's conformed to his jawline, and his ear hole. Mm-hmm. Huh. That is interesting. So the ear hole is just a small hole, probably, and his ear just fits through it. Like I think you think. Oh. And it's really tight. You know what I mean? What if it's tight? What if it's like elastic? That I'm thinking elastic, it's a small hole. Yeah, that's small elastic. hole, and that's kind of like what holds. Then his ears would hurt, but he's an, a viltrumite, so that elastic around his better. ear would be like around. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Um. This was always one of my favorite pages with them flying together and his dad swooping down because there was a chemical fire at the university science lab um and uh they go out for burgers and uh they get interrupted and because there's an alien invasion 
It's the Flaxons, who we now know a whole lot about. But in this instance, when they're invading, as they're fighting them, they're just getting older. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not till later on that they have different devices and things like that that old. Right. This is they don't even from. have anything to stop the aging because this is the first time they don't even know. Yeah, they're just aging up, aging down. We get to see a little bit of rage in Omni Man. He throws a tank and yells, "Get off my planet!" Which I don't remember ever batting an eye at that. You know. Which is interesting looking back at that now. Mm, you think that was like a... I think that was intentionally... Him feeling like a Viltrumite, like yeah. he... Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, think about it. The next time we see that Nolan, other than when he's beating up Mark, is when they're attacking... The, the, the three Viltrumites are attacking that planet that Oliver's from. Come on, 27. Bill. 27? I think it's 27. Tuscria. Uh, no, I just want to say it. Thrax- no. Thraxia. 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 Because they're Thraxian. Thraxians. Yeah. yeah. Remember him, like, freaking out and the yeah. tears in his eyes? Oh, yeah. Like, that's yeah. what this looks like to me. So uh, that that was... I, I also really like this page, too, of them flying back afterwards. Oh, this was also when... Him not being able to keep up. Yeah. Th- but this was also when Nolan mentioned... Um, if it had gone on, gotten any worse, I would have had to call it a gu- call the Guardians of the Globe or Megaforce or both. I said on Twitter, I was like, wait, so who's Megaforce? And um, Kirkman replied saying that it was uh, another comic that they kind of, you know... Kirkman replied that? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was somebody else talking about... No, was... that was Kirkman. So he actually saw that and uh, replied about it. I'm going to pull it up because he said it was from um, another comic. He said, Megaforce was a team from Noble Causes by Jay Fairbear. And friends, the sea monster Nolan fights in the flashbacks uh, during issue two is also from the book with, uh, uh, let's see, who is this? With uh, Jamal Eigel uh, called Venture. We had a light shared universe back then. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting, right? Like Something Savage I Dragon never knew. Exactly. Kind of shared, yeah. But, I mean, I've known no- Noble Causes kind of did because Invincible makes appearances in Noble Causes and stuff. Oh. We're going to have to talk more about those comics some other episode. Maybe that'll be a main topic. Uh, 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 yeah, Mark can't keep up with Nolan. Nolan gets word, which, by the way, Nolan, like, they're nowhere near the mall. Nolan just says, Lakeside Mall, try to keep up, and flies away and goes to the mall. I never really thought that Cecil was in his ear telling him, right? Is that how, how else did he know? Yeah, he doesn't have super hearing. He right. doesn't have supervision. Like, it would have to be Cecil in his ear? So did Cecil just get a reading that there was another bomb or something? You know what I mean? There's no other way to explain yeah. that. I don't know. It was just something that caught my eye when, when uh, rereading it. And, of course, Nolan just throws the kid because there's not enough time. And there's this moment in his eyes where he's like, mm-hmm. I got to kill this kid. I got to throw him. There's nothing I can do about this. And he throws him into, into the air and he blows up. Uh, and that's also when a Flaxon shows up and takes Nolan into their dimension and disappears this i would say is when it's starting to get a little bit more interesting because it's kind yeah. of in the meat yeah and you know? this is i was wrong i've i've been saying five issues this issue is or this volume four. is only four, four issues yeah. yeah i thought it was Man. when you said five I yeah was like, was i i really had it five? i had it written on my notes as five but that's wrong it is four so the last issue of this volume um cool cover though by the way i actually I, really like that cover yeah it's a really cool that cover. one might be my favorite of the four yeah, it is pretty Tech cool. Tech jacket? Yeah. Oh. Mark showing up. 
to uh, tell Robot that there was another bomb. Robot's like, yeah, I already know. I already know they're from your school. We get a little bit of affection between Rex and Eve here. Remember not knowing what Robot was? Like, is he a guy in a suit? Is he, like... I think I always assumed he was an AI. Yeah, I did too. I I always thought he was an AI. That just made it all the more crazy when the helmet Mm -hmm. was removed and it was Rexplode. Mm, No, but we knew that it was... We knew it was Rudy. That issue, issue we found out he was Rudy. No. No, that... He is a robot. Like, he is an AI. We found out a couple issues before that that he's being controlled by Rudy in the tube. That issue, we find out he cloned someone and was going really? into the suit. That's yeah. all one issue? That's one issue. Wow. Issues before that, we find no, out no, that I he's mean, being AI, controlled. I mean, AI, like, completely, like, but he's he's not an AI. Like, he's not... He's not an AI. Rudy is directly he's controlling. Controlled. He's directly controlling him. He's not, like, yeah. serving Rudy and be like, Correct. here you go, sir. And he's... remember when we thought that, when he kneels down? Yeah, when he kneels down oh. with the fucking thing. Oh, so cool. Um... A lot with Debbie here about her being, like, I like what she said, where uh, I could sit here and watch him battle 100-foot dragons on TV all day long, but for some reason, every time he's in another dimension, I can't help but assume the worst. And uh, Mark really consoling her. And uh, At one point uh, during class, their teacher, who we've now seen a couple times. Uh, Once before this. What's that? Once before this. Only once? Only one time. He was he was in class. Really? I thought and it was, was twice. Um, he picks on Eve and Mark because they're whispering to each other and kind of embarrasses them by calling them out, like boyfriend calling and girlfriend. Birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's interesting because earlier in this issue, uh, or I think it was this issue, or it's... Yeah, in this issue, um, Eve and Mark are in the... Uh, uh, cafeteria and they're talking about like investigating like trying to figure out who did it and like what's going on with the, all these missing students and Mark says sorry uh, sorry, but let's be realistic should we be searching for clues right now I for one am not dressed for that sort of thing and we don't even have a dog that reminds me Scooby-Doo. of Scooby Doo right That's which we always me. kind of refer this first oh, volume yeah. to oh, right it's, it's oh the this Scooby guy's introduced yeah. Yeah. yeah we got the gang and it's it's the it's the one guy you saw earlier wearing a mask like he's the bad guy all along mm-hmm. and none of invincible is like that except for this volume and so it was really interesting that it, they actually called out scooby-doo in the in the volume that that reminds us of scooby-doo um so after they leave class Robot informs them. Well, he's fighting the Magmites, by the way. You can't really tell it's them because they're like shadowed out. But those are the Magmites mm-hmm. that um, Doc Seismic controls. Yep, yep. And they're very prominent in issue 50. Uh, Mark and Eve get word from Robot that he's like, oh, yep, I figured it out. It, uh, it's, your, it's your physics teacher, David Hiles. He's, uh, he's the one that's turning these students into bombs. Uh, I'm 99.8% sure. Uh, the police are on their way. You guys should head over there. Mark and Eve get there, and one of the best things is um, the teacher's like, oh, I'm not surprised it, it, this finally happened. I thought, it would, I thought I'd have a little more time, but, you know, you might as well come in, Samantha. You know, come on in, Mark. And they're like, you know who we are? And he's like, are you kidding me? You're not even wearing a mask. Another, Eve, yeah. yeah, another thing where it's like this comic is slowly you know, taking your expectations of superhero comic books and mm-hmm. kind of being like, yeah, shining, shining a light on them. 
in the uh, in his basement is Derek, the bully, and or not even the, it's not even the bully. It's the guy that was called up to class in uh, the first or second issue or whatever, um, and uh, he was kind of acting like a jerk to his girlfriend and everything. And David Hiles says that you know bullies like him were what led his son to kill himself, and all this time. His life has been getting worse. He's lost his or his his job's been getting worse. He's uh, like all these things has uh, has led to yeah. And my divorce led to me losing my job. Uh, that it's the destruction of life that has me seeking revenge. It's the domino effect. And he's he's turning basically bullies into bombs. And then he reveals that he has turned himself into a bomb, which is our first panel of the comic. Mark takes him, flies him to Antarctica, throws him into the snow. He blows up. And uh, the comic ends with Mark arriving home, uh, sitting down to dinner, his dad walking in, and Debbie just grateful he's okay. Uh, and he has a beard. Oh, yeah. beard and he says, I need to shave. Mm-hmm. Which so- is, we actually find out what happened to him. Well, this next page, you know, Debbie says, anything happened to you today? Mark says, oh, yeah, my, one of my teachers were turning my classmates into organic bombs. Then he tried to turn, turn himself into a bomb. I flew him to Antarctica so he didn't blow anyone else up. No one's like, yep, I spent the last eight months enslaved by an army. Um, they, they built a resistance. They formed a team of scientists in the rebellion to find a way for me to get home. She says, that's nice. Who's ready for dessert? And it just ends. We find out more about Nolan and his time there when Robot and Monster, Monster Girl are trapped there. We do? Yeah. They talk more about, they reference it. I don't remember exactly, which is, I'm excited during this reread to get to that, but they reference, you know, oh, when so-and-so was here, or when there was once someone here, like, they talk mm. about it. We're not going to get to that for, like, three years. Oh, no, <laughs> it'll be less than two. This whole reread will take two years. But, yeah, it's going to be, like, a year and a half before we get there, mm-hmm. which is a while. Um, one thing I wanted to do with you guys was, and first of all, uh, Obviously, we talked about Robert Kirkman. Cory Walker did the art. Um, a shout-out to Bill Crabtree. He was the colorist back then. Uh, he colored it, and Robert Kirkman was actually the letterer back then, so he did all the lettering um, before there was a Russ Wooten involved. One thing I wanted to do with you guys is every time we do this, I wanted to pick a page. Pick one page that, if you could own, which would you own? So we want this, to guess. I feel like... Page one is off limits, right? Yeah, I feel like the very okay. first page of both You're issue one. My day. It, yeah, issue one and issue two, honestly, I think are both so iconic that they're kind of obvious. Um, Mark saying, "Yeah, you're ruining my day, flying with him," and then issue two is Nolan reaching reaching out. Those I feel like are kind of givens. Like, of okay. course, I would want those. Okay. But other than that, TJ, what's what's one that you would want? No. Like, what do you want? We, the the original. I'm, I'm talking the so. original art. But we want to try and guess what each other picked first. Ryan, write down a keyword of the p of the page that you want. I won't lie. I won't lie. I swear. What page do you think that I? So we were talking before this, and I said that I, th- I think I know which which one Ryan's favorite page is, and, and he said, "No, I don't think you do. It's a little weird." And I said, "No, I definitely think I know." And then you said, "I'll you tell you which one it is. I'll tell you which one it's not that I struggled with for a little while because I really like the one that you think I'm gonna say is what." Uh, I think it's the one I I changed my mind. It is the one. Yeah, what you think I I think it might actually go with. Oh, okay. 
I really like him flying at night. Okay, that's not what I was going to I say. was thinking this for a long time because there was something about during this reread, this was one of my favorite parts of this whole reread because it's just Mark sitting there. He's like, yeah. It, it, first of all, it's, it's him remembering his dad telling him this story where the story ends of him and the little boy saying, wow, I'm going to be able to fly yeah. in that funny moment after this whole long story. And then it's him laying in bed and he's like, yeah. I can fly. That's the one you thought I was going to say. And he just says, screw this. And he goes out the window and just flies. And it's just such a heartwarming, like, just wholesome moment. And I love that. I struggle with that, but you want me to tell you what I actually go with? I don't know what. It's not going to be, neither one is going to be the one that I thought then. No? No. What were you going to go with? I thought you were going to go with them having burgers. Because you always loved that, you love that that came up again. The like hot, in, like, do- the issue, hot dog like, place. Yeah, the hot dog place. This one? Yeah, I thought you were going to say that. No. Because that was like, you. when we talked about that, I think it comes up in issue 57, um, one, where, one... where Mark takes um, uh, Oliver there. And you. I remember how much you loved like that moment between a father and son and everything. I just remember you talking about it. So I yeah. thought you were going to say that. Um, one moment that I also really loved, of course, is the end of the first issue. I wouldn't try that. I'm invincible. Okay, so which page would you... I really like him throwing the trash bag. I think that's... I mean, it's so the moment the Mark gets his powers. It's iconic. Yeah. It's, iconic. Okay. it's so cool. I would, want, I would want to you? own that page. I was going to say either the trash bag or um, the first appearance of the teen team. Oh, that is a good one. So I was going to say the appearance uh, of Eve's butt. Of course. And so TJ, this splash page. Yeah, that's it's a good a, one. It's a full I splash page. Maulers. You were going to pick that It's got Mark in it. and then First appearance of Rex. Exactly. That is pretty cool. Mine is almost cliche. What's yours, Bill? If you can own one original art page. So it is not oh. the page that we're not allowed to choose. Where is it? Where is issue two? You're on it. The other one that it's on? This is the beginning of issue two. Oh. It is the second. No, wait. Where is it? Oh, third page. No, one more. One more. Him talking to that him? That one. Oh, yes. That right. is a good page. So, because, like, Nolan looks so young. He doesn't have the white hair. Uh-huh. It's Mark. One of the only times you see him as a kid. And I, like, playing I love the, this. Playing with the science dog figure? Yeah. I don't know. It's just there's a lot of innocence there. In the uh, in the back, in the, like, sketchbook section, they talk about how they had to make, like, a one-page preview of what the comic was to put in an ad. And it was that page. But Mark was older. How cool is that? I was going to also say this page. Isn't that neat? Oh, that is cool. And I like um, the, this page, but it actually, I don't think it could count because it wasn't in the comic. Yeah, yeah. That was the original. Um, Go to that again. Up. Yeah, yeah, it's Nolan. He's. It's him basically. He's. It's Nolan having the uh, puberty talk, but with superpowers to and an, a, you know, Mark, who is kind of the age we know him. Mm-hmm. So it's a, kind of a different take on on that conversation. Still neat though. I also oh, love this. this. This is one of the first times he drew them, so they're in their their costumes changed too. They're at shawarmas. All their all their costumes changed pretty much, except for Robot and Mark. But Eve's costume's different. Duplicates. Rex, Rex is, is completely Rex is not different. even close. Yeah. He's got like a motorcycle jacket on. Mm-hmm. Wow. Does he always have that cap? Oh, it's his goggles that are different. Yeah. Yeah. But really cool, really fun looking back at. Uh, volume one we've got a um email from our uh from our friend 
uh, Wyatt Lane. He says, hey guys, just finished my reread. It's so fun to look back at the early moments now that the series is finished and think about how much these characters will grow and all the crazy things that will happen in the very same locations they're in at the start. At the same time, I like to imagine what it would have been like if I was reading these issues month to month when they first came out. And honestly, I don't know if I would have kept buying them after the first four issues. Mm. Not that they're bad by any means, but the main pitch of the series up to this point would have seemed to be the superheroics are mundane in this world idea. Issue four even ends with, that's nice, can you pass the potatoes line? Like many others, it's it's the confrontation with Nolan that really hooked me on the series. But if I had been reading month to month, I think I would have enjoyed these four issues, but I can imagine being this being a comic that would have just fallen off my radar, like so many do nowadays, that failed to really grab me in the early issues. Obviously, knowing now where the series go and how much I love it, that would have been a tragedy. But what do you guys think? If you had been reading single issues each month, do you think that there's enough here in these four issues that you would have had to come back eager to buy issue five a month later? Thanks for reading and keep up the great work. Love, Wyatt Lane. Now, so we, we talked about it after issue one. That's exactly what happened to me, actually. So I got I got Invincible because we were fans of Walking Dead, and I wanted to see what else he had. So I got the first trade paperback, which we just went over, and I read it. And then when it was done, I was talking to you guys, and I was like, it's good. I liked it. I thought it was, you know, it was fun. It was, it was cool, you know. But I never picked up another another trade after that. And I was off of it for like a good month until my birthday hit, and we read Denny's. And I think it was you. Oh, oh yeah. it was you that got me the second trade paperback and you that got me the third trade yeah. paperback. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll continue it. That's cool. And then I it fucking like, yeah, from then on was how We never talked about, uh, talk wow. about that. How You're long, welcome. How, I don't remember that at all. How long between going probably, one and two? It was a couple weeks probably. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't like you read the first one where like, uh, but I think it was longer you, than that. If, if we hadn't no. have been like, oh, too. TJ's reading this thing. Let's, what do we get him for his birthday? Like, I don't know. He's reading this comic. Let's get him the next one. Like, it if we hadn't have done a, that, do you think you would have kept getting Do you think you would have got the second one? I don't know. I feel like I remember enjoying it, and I remember telling you guys, like, you should read it. It's good. And I think that that's why you guys thought, like, oh, we should get him. Yeah. You know what It's I mean? really but, hard to put myself in a position, like, right now, this day and age, if I read four issues, if I read these four issues, I would feel... I would probably feel like I'd like that because I like the idea of the of the okay the kind of mundane world. I mean, I'm kind of getting to know these characters. I'm intrigued by who Robot is and Adam Eve and this whole relationship with him and his dad being this great superhero. He mentions these guardians of the uh, of the globe. Who are they? I'd be intrigued, and I think I would pick up issue five. I don't know what I would think if I read this in 2003. No. I'll be honest. High school I, me now, probably wouldn't have kept going. Now I probably wouldn't have because of really? how far comics have evolved. Yeah. Like reading Saga. Like, th- like I don't know. Like back then, it was different. If. Back then, I'm, I'm glad you guys got me the, the second trade. Like I was happy to get it even before I read it because I did want to continue it. Um, but now I, I don't think I would pick up issue five after reading that. I wouldn't. Not at all. Because I compare it to how things make me feel. We're spoiled now. Yeah. Um but, but, I mean, even even if, like, you think about how certain comics make you feel like, like, die, die, die. The first issue ended, and when the second one came out, I couldn't fucking wait to read it. Remind, and and remind, the second one ended, and I cannot... Remind us to talk about that. I want to talk wait. more about that in the comic section coming up. I can't up. fucking wait to read the next one. Like, this Invincible, it was just like... I, 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 if I were to pick it up right now, I don't think I'd even be like, I'm curious. Because I, I feel like I would know the story. Yeah. 
Um, we also got a message from uh, the Nerd Bunker. So they are at nerd underscore bunker on Twitter. Uh, they said, Trade Paperback 1 brought back a lot of excitement for me. The subtle Superman jokes throughout are one of the many little details that make the story so enjoyable. I have always loved how calm Mark's mom is about everything. From Nolan being insanely super to Mark getting his powers, it's just another day for Debbie Grayson. A great moment for me was seeing Nolan have a real heart-to-heart -heart with young Mark about where he comes from and Mark just wondering if he was able to fly. Reginald Vell Johnson High still makes me chuckle. More Debbie being awesome. She finds out Nolan is in another dimension and she responds with, well, more pork chops for us. Chapter 4 brought in a little more humor for me when their teacher knew immediately it was Mark and Eve in disguise, specifically poking at Eve not even wearing a mask. This kind of humor during serious story moments is what makes Invincible great. The ability to make fun, pay homage, and tell deep story that makes you want more all at the same time is why I love this book. Final, final takeaway for me was going back to Corey's art and enjoying the simplicity of it. It fits so perfectly as the simpler times that set up Otley taking over going into the more intense and dramatic moments. The art evolves with the series. Intentional or not, it's brilliant. Also, I love the art for the sound effects, specifically how they do the double O's and boom and etc. I forgot how much I loved that. That was great. Thank you, Nerd Bunker. Um, yeah, we didn't even mention uh, or call back uh, all the Superman callbacks or, or references. Like, his original suit was going to have the discs that store sunlight mm -hmm. that um, he thought there were probably, yeah. yeah, his powers originally ran on sun. Uh, at one point he says, oh, contrary to popular belief, you know, I, that's not one of my powers. And, and that's Wolfman's suit. I was, I was just about to say, they, read, they, they redid that for... In, instead of sun, it captures them. moon. moon. You, well, right. they're technically the same thing. So, so cool. Tech, tech, if you want to be technical about it. Mm -hmm. The moon light is just the sun refracting off. So, refracting? Yeah, refracting. Okay. So that's why So why does the moon turn him into a wolf that's and a the sun question. doesn't? That's mm -hmm. a very good question. I've always, I've always wondered that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um... So that does it for our Volume 1 reread. Uh, we'll be back next month with Volume 2. So everybody, do your homework. Write in. We want to know what you think. Uh, I'm excited to read it. Bill, do you, right now, what is something that happens in issue 5 through 8? I fucking have no idea. Right? I have no idea. It's funny. Haven't read those in so long. Yeah. I mean, I've done the reread several times, but it's kind of exciting. The big moment happens. Does that happen in Volume yeah. 2? The Guardians? Yeah. That's, uh, oh, we get Issue 7 yeah, next. that's Otley's Next first. month we get Issue 7. Yeah. That's exciting. No, Otley's first is 8, right? Is 8. Yeah, but 7 is where. Right. So, does next volume end with 7? No. It's by it 5, ends. 6, 7, 8, 9? So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, Trade Paperback Volume 2 is going to be next month. So, for a few minutes now, I want to talk about some other stuff that we've been into lately. You guys have been talking all about a TV show. What is this TV show that I need to watch? Okay. So... I always want to call it Space Ace, which is like Kirkman's very yeah, first comic book ever. It's very weird. It's called Final Space, and it's a TBS animated show that aired last, last year. year. Yeah. So, and it's We talked episodes. about it on the podcast a long episodes. time ago. It's It starts out very much like the first... The, the main character, Gary, is very obnoxious to the point to where it's almost cringeworthy. Oh, like, God. Oh, I don't like that kind of stuff. I know. You hate that kind of stuff. Oh. But, but you, you like Last Man on Earth. But that's the only thing I don't like about Last Man on Earth. I can't stand the main character. Right. So, oh. so Final Space, the uh, the animation is so weird because it goes from being very simple and like mm. super cartoony 
to like really fucking good and epic, like the space stuff that's happening. Yeah. The stories, um, um, I will fucking so is it go a down comedy? and say, yeah, and it's yeah. animated. Oh yeah, it's an it's an animated comedy sci-fi show. This is how right. you need to. It's Futurama mm-hmm. meets Rick and Morty. Very, mm. very. I don't think Rick and Morty at all. Yeah, I do. No, I, I don't. do all day long. Interesting. Even the animation too. And how can you watch it? Um, you'd have to have like the TBS app, like Got the it. all access yeah. TBS app, or watching it on TV. It's not right. on Hulu right now. No, it's not on Hulu. I wonder so. if TBS shows ever end up on like. Netflix. It's really fucking good. Like it's smart. Like it's cool. so smart. And, but more than anything, like Rick and Morty's smart. Like that's really fucking smart. The stuff that they come up with, but. This is just emotional. Like, do you really? remember? Do you remember the most heart wrenching parts in Futurama? No. Hmm. I've watched okay, well, occasional Futurama. The most, the there most, are very heart wrenching moments Avatar in Rick and Morty. Airbender emotional. Okay, moments. so you know the most emotional parts in, in yeah. Airbender? It has those. Like, oh. it goes from being just ridiculous to then just having the most heart that you could ever have in a show. And it's really weird because it's it's ten episodes. I couldn't stop. I finished it in like two days. And I pulled that out of your table. <laughs> I'm like, TJ, there's a, a, a piece of film strip, like legit Kodak film strip. It's like something from the Zabruder, like sitting on the table. But it's a picture of a squirrel on a column. Where did this come from? From your inside. There's a whole bunch of stuff All right. in here. Um, I'll have to look into it, Bill. I want to see it. And we were just we just mentioned um, uh, Avatar Last Airbender. We're hopefully going to be doing a rewatch soon. Um, shout out to our friend Wyatt, who finished... The entire uh, first series, all three, all three uh, volumes, or what is it, seasons, all three seasons yeah. of that. It was fun watching him uh, read all or, or books. catch along, book yeah, one, or book books. Two, book three. Uh, TJ, you finally got to see Mission Impossible Fallout. I did. I thought it was good. There yeah. were some uh, some cool twists. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Surprises. It was good. Yeah, I loved it. Um, when you hear this episode. Spider-Man will be out for PS4. I haven't watched any reviews. I don't know anything. All I know, it's getting really, really good reviews. No, it's not. It's Bullshit. getting It's getting good reviews. It's all nines, except for IGN was like an eight-something. Yeah. Are you being sarcastic no, right I'm now? No, I'm being serious. I, okay. I was excited for it for like a very small amount of time, uh-huh. which was like maybe last week where I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to fucking see. Holy shit, the review's going to be out on Tuesday. I can't wait. Like, I bookmarked IGN so I could read the review right when it comes out. Uh-huh. And then as soon as I read the review, I'm like, sounds like another fucking Spider-Man game. Really? Just for PS4. Perfect. I'll take it. No, That's dude, what I want. I wanted That's a 10. I, want. I wanted a 10. I wanted... I what, wanted, what the I wanted, hell is the difference I between... I wanted the headline. I don't fucking care. I want it to be, like, game changer. Like, people, change the, Spider-Man. The people I trust that I follow that review games say that this is the best superhero game. What Better else do you want? Better than Arkham? What else? Yes, that's no, what they're saying. No, they're what out else of their goddamn want? mind. It's Arkham a, wasn't it's a 10. It's an Arkham clone. Arkham wasn't a 10. It's an Arkham clone. Arkham, Arkham City was like a 9.5. So what? This is getting 9.5. No, this is getting from an 8.9. Sites, just it, from IGN. That's one person's opinion. I, I like that opinion. <laughs> who who wrote it? What's the Metacritic? Who wrote it? What's, who wrote it? Some, some guy. Yeah, that probably, that's what I mean. That probably so, plagiarized it anyways. Oh, God. Uh, no, I'm excited for it. I can't wait. I can't wait. It looks beautiful. The, you, are you uh, the gameplay. It? Are you I already bought it. it. Oh, you pre-ordered it? Yeah. No, I'm excited. You, so you don't even think you're going to get it? No, I'm going to get it. Oh, man. I'm going to get it. And it better be fucking good. It yeah. better be I, fucking good. The, within the last week, 
I crammed Hollow Knight on Switch and beat that. Uh, Bill, it didn't break you yet? When you texted me the other day, I thought it broke you, and you were done. I thought I was never going to play it again, because I had... It's, it's a Metroidvania. I had, I had over over 1,500 Geo. Yeah. I didn't know where the fucking shop was to spend the money. I got all the maps and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but I didn't upgrade anything. And it's, it's a and Souls-like I, game where you lose everything yeah, you if lose you die. Everything. Well, no. Well, no. you can still get back. Get but back. if you die going back, then that soul overtake and you fucking lose. And I, dude, yeah. I almost threw my Switch. I almost fucking <laughs> threw it. Like, I was like... Like, Liz was kind of saying something like, oh, he's been playing that since yesterday like like yeah. as in like 12 hours straight and then once i did i was like you want to know how i fucking stopped playing this game this is how i fucking stopped playing this game and i was done and i didn't play it for like two days straight oh my god yeah it's good though it's worth it it is um, amazing some comic books uh there was someone who wrote into the oblivion song podcast a couple of months ago and recommended isola they didn't and even recommend it. They just were talking they just mentioned, about it they, they said something like oh everybody's talking about isola but nobody's talking about oblivion, oblivion song yeah and so we checked out Isola. I read the first issue on, um, on my iPad and was like, holy shit, I'm just going to wait and buy the trade because I saw that the trade was you coming out. You didn't read out. any more after that? I didn't, and it's killing me. I've read like three more issues. Really? Yeah. Is it as good as the first issue? No. Oh, really? No. In fact... <laughs> I, did you like the first issue? Yeah, I loved the first issue. Oh, it was so good. Um, it, it kind of... It had a real... The art style is awesome. It kind of turned into the Emperor's New Groove for me. Really? Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. In a in a story way, not in, a comedy way. In a in a story way, in that it is it is the Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. But well, yeah. I mean, you get that fantasy. from the the first issue. I mean, it yeah, still maintains first, it's like no, but it's in still the first, dark. In the first issue, you're like, is she really the queen? Like, do they just? worship animals but no it actually i assume the like... queen was turned into a tiger oh okay so you knew that it was emperor's new groove yeah okay yeah i mean i, assumed it, I assumed it was a new take it's nala on that concept that came out 15 years ago yeah i was okay it's with that an awesome movie david spade's best movie as opposed to <laughs> you didn't like emperor's new groove no i did okay but i'm just saying in his catalog of his career joe dirt <laughs> are you making Joe, an argument for Joe Dirt? Right are you now? not making an argument? Are you arguing against Joe Dirt? Oh my god! I'm sorry. Let's take a motherfucking You're poll right now. I guarantee a... that everybody, literally everybody, will side with me and say that Joe Dirt's an amazing movie. They're all movie. wrong. Not one person will say there that could, they don't. There like could Joe be Dirt. multiple wrong people in the world. No, not this many people. Tommy Boy, isn't that David Spade? A uh, fucking Tommy I'll say, Boy. I'll say Tommy, Tommy Boy. Boy's probably right. the, Tommy the, Boy and Black Sheep. When that, I think of Black Emperor's Sheet. New Groove, I think the one part I think of is when Krunk is escaping or like sneaking around, and he's making up his own theme song, and then the the spotlight hits somewhere and he freezes, and he's like, oh, 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 like it's on loop. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. You know it's what I'm been talking a while about? Since I've seen All right, it. we'll watch it when when the podcast is. Um, over. Ryan. You keep telling me that you're going to read or possibly catch up on Batman. I've been wanting to. Ever since the whole wedding was hyped up, um, I've been really curious to what happens. And Greg Miller does a uh, um, comic book podcast that's monthly now, and he's been talking, and I've been kind of skipping around um, about everything and praising Tom King over and over again. Yeah. And I, everything I've read of Tom King is like has become a favorite thing I've read. So I want to read it. Yeah. You know, I've been itching for a new Tom Batman King comic. Is the, out of all the people that I've met, that we've met at cons, he's like too nice. 
Really? He's the nicest freaking guy. Like, I love when he uh, tries so hard to make you feel like comfortable, like like you're his best friend. Really? Like, he's awesome. I love when he posts pictures of like jam sessions. Like he'll do, uh, someone will get a, a a sketch cover and have like Jim Lee draw Batman, yeah. and then like you know and he'll do Jeff something Johnson. stupid. He'll, like, he'll have different artists draw um, Batman, and then he'll draw Batman and just ruin <laughs> the cover. <laughs> and he it's, it's so hilarious. funny. Awesome. Um, we're gonna wrap up the episode now. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Christopher Swan. Wrote a great email to us, um, uh, talking about uh, one of the super fights that we uh, that we did, and talking more about doing a uh, timeline. So that encouraged me to maybe look into doing a website for the podcast and doing a timeline and a reading order and such. Um, also, shout out to Luke Lazald who sent us a great email uh, in response to us asking for more feedback about going monthly and what kind of shows and topics we should do. And uh, one of the things Luke wanted was more fan spotlight type stuff. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode with Jen. Uh, if there's anyone else that would uh, be interested in doing a fan spotlight or if anyone else has any suggestions for the podcast, we'd love to hear it. Um, if you want to read along with us, next we're doing Trade Paperback Volume 2. Uh, we'll be back next month with that. Remember, you can email us at theinvinciblepodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, we are going to be outroing every episode of the uh, podcast now with a little bit of a different song, just to try something new for a little bit. If you or someone you know uh, makes music, whether you're in a band or you uh, uh, know someone who is, uh, and you'd like us to feature the music here on the podcast, we'd love to give it a, a, a shout-out and play it. So first up comes from, of course, our good friend, Wyatt Lane. He, uh, he actually provided us with the music for the Oblivion Song podcast. So uh, this is his song, um, uh, Redshift, right? That's my favorite one that he does. Is it really? Yeah, I really like it. So cool. It's a good one. I know Wyatt Lane does uh, puts all his music out on SoundCloud, and he releases one new song first Friday of every month as well. So we'll be back next first Friday. Thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. superhero ice cream. <laughs> I mean, that should be our thing. What? Like, we eat superhero ice cream during the podcast? It's just the sound of... <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, that's all you hear is like it's like the spoon <laughs> just. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Gross sounding slurp like, because it's a million degrees in here, so it's just superhero it's soup. Just <laughs> <laughs> superhero soup. Soup. <laughs>